Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Yes, I do love it when you have a point. Brad Young here at your service. Glad you're in this evening. And uh, and by the way, again, phone lines are open. Uh, text lines are open. We do have an interview in the next hour or in the in, uh, next break, rather, coming up around 917. And I mentioned this because you heard at the top of the hour, Sean Michael Lyle, of course, doing the news, talking about the uh, the release of the strategic oil or oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We're going to talk to an oil expert about the details of that release. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Uh, is it simply political or does it have any true purpose other than trying to win in November? So we'll break that down with him in an interview coming up at 917, 918, somewhere in there. Uh, so make sure that you stick around for that in the second segment. Up on this day, I, I love these the the factoids of on this day. And and on this day in 1789, the first Supreme Court Justice of the United States, John Jay, was sworn in. And he's he's a legendary figure. Uh, in terms of our founding fathers, John Jay, he had he, he's he, he was like the George H.W. Bush of his day. He had the longest resume of anyone you could ever imagine. He was oh, my goodness. He was um, he filled a lot of high offices. He was the president of the Second Continental Congress. He was the secretary of foreign affairs under the Articles of Confederation. And of course, he was very famously uh, the very first chief justice. Now, it was a few years later after John Jay, but the Supreme Court in the case of Marbury versus Madison, this is the first case, the the first case any law student ever studies in law school. It's called Marbury versus Madison. It's from 1801, I believe. Uh, I may be off a year or two, but I think it's 1801. And, And I know I'm not trying to delve too deeply into these topics. It wasn't until 1801 that the Supreme Court decided that the court had the authority to override acts of Congress if they violated the Constitution. And today we think, well, duh, that's what the Supreme Court does. They either uphold the law and they say that it doesn't violate the Constitution or they strike it down. That's what they do. But that wasn't originally what the court did. And it took the Supreme Court about 12 years to really figure out what its place was in the world and in our government. 
And and right now, unfortunately, the Supreme Court gets a bad rap because people don't look at the law in terms of how should this be decided. What most people do and most analysis goes like this. What do I want to have happen? And then what laws can I find to support what I want to have happen? That's the analysis that certainly the mainstream media goes through without any, without any analysis, discussion, or investigation into why cases are decided. And so if you follow this show with any regularity, you'll know that I don't do that. I like to dive into why things are decided because it helps us understand that government has boundaries. We have a limited government. But if you look at the left today, the left wants no boundaries on the government. Just in the past year, just let me throw out three or four examples. Just in the past year, We have a government that wanted to force you to get a vaccine mandate, to force you to get a vaccine mandate. We had a court that wanted to, or rather a government, that wanted to force everyone to wear masks on planes without any law, without any congressional authority, just by the president saying, this is what I want to do, to force everyone to have a vaccine and to force everyone to wear masks. Also, just because the president said so, The president in the eviction moratorium wanted to tell people who own real estate, you cannot evict a person who's living on your property. You cannot evict them even if they don't pay. So if you've got people living in your rental home, living in your apartment who aren't paying their rent, you can't tell them to leave. That wasn't something that the entire U.S. government decided was a good idea. No, that was one guy. One person who said, you can't kick out deadbeat renters from your property. And in all three of those examples, the Supreme Court of the United States said, you cannot do that. That is beyond the reach of your office as president of the United States. It's beyond your reach. You're not a king. You're not a despot. You're not a, you, and if you try to make law without congressional authority, there's a word for that. It's called tyranny. It's called tyranny. And I discussed that even in great detail here over the last few years with members of our St. Louis County Council. Whenever Sam Page wanted to do that same type of draconian activity to say, because I want it, then make it so. Well, you're also not Captain Picard. I mean, that was his catchphrase, make it so. But you're not the captain. You're an elected official. And you can only operate within the boundaries of the authority given to you by we the people. We the people. And that's why I liked consistently how Eric Schmidt kept, uh, kept Sam Page in check by filing lawsuits that challenged his, and I'm sorry, the term is tyrannical, his tyrannical activities that were done without legislative authority. And so I always thought growing up in the 70s and the 80s, I always thought the media's job was to keep government in check. But you don't really see that today. You don't see that today. And that's why uh, whenever I was asking or talking rather to Virginia Allen from the Heritage Foundation, I told her that I so wish that someone would ask the mayor of of New York City, Eric Adams, ask him, if you're a sanctuary city, why are you complaining about illegal aliens coming to your city? You're a sanctuary city. You're saying, please come here. Why are you complaining? But, of course, the media never 
does that. And one other thing that the media never does right now, I watched a story this morning on the Today Show, talked a lot about this releasing oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But never once was there a question of, do we need that? Is it necessary? What are the downsides from doing that? Aren't we placing our country at strategic risk if we release this oil and war breaks out in the Middle East and then we don't have any oil? Isn't there a problem releasing this for political purposes? None of those questions were being asked. So since NBC, the Today Show, didn't ask those questions, I will and CamoX will. Coming up next, we're going to talk to oil executive Jay Young about those very issues. He's an oil executive. He will be able to break it down for us right here on CamoX. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. As I mentioned a minute ago, the White House announced today that President Biden has authorized the release of an additional 15 million barrels of oil from the nation's emergency uh, strategic petroleum reserves. Now, this act was widely reported, but the mainstream media really provided no analysis of any kind on whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. So joining us this evening to provide this analysis is Jay Young, no relation to me that I'm aware of, but Jay is a fourth-generation oil and gas professional with King Operating Corporation. He has a leadership team with over 100 years of combined oil, gas exploration, and development experience. Jay is also the author of the recent book, The Upside of Oil and Gas Investing. Hey, Jay, welcome to KMOX. Hey, thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Sure, it's my pleasure. This is a, a topic that I find fascinating because... Everything in the world runs on energy, and right. uh, it, it truly is the bedrock of any issue you want to discuss. Now, the strategic petroleum reserves I read recently can hold up to about 700 million barrels of oil. What's the purpose for this reserve? Well, the purpose um, has been around for a few decades now, but it's, the purpose is for the war, right? If we If we ever get 
uh, into war and we need oil and we we can't produce it or we simply don't have it. I mean, we're we're at a negative right now in the United States. I mean, we we produce 13 million around and we need 20, so we still need 7 million barrels of oil a day. Even if everything was still running in the United States, we still need that foreign oil coming in. So, it if if we needed it and we, you know, we have it. I mean, right. So, for example, if we got if we got into a war, hey Jay, if we got into a war with China yeah. and suddenly the Middle Eastern oil stopped coming, the strategic oil preserve would fill in the gaps between what we need and what we could domest- d- domestically produce. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's not. It's not for polit- for uh, for winning an election. But anyway, I'm, I'm, you're probably not going there. No, that's where I'm going to go. That's exactly where I'm going to go. But hang with me, Jay. We'll get there in just a second. Uh, because right, I, I was a kid. I was a kid in the '70s, and I remember the gas station lines that occurred as a disruption, as a result of the disruption of the supply for the Middle East. But my question is, right now, do we currently have a real disruption of oil supply? Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. And we're going to talk about that when we get back. Because I want to, I mean, unless you don't, leave, you don't talk about it now, we we don't have the oil in the United States, and and we're we're going to have a worse problem after the election with two million barrels gone from OPEC, a million barrels gone from the Strategic Reserve. We've had a problem for a long time, but but politics won't see it. They don't want to see it. They want to win an election, right? You know, so that's hey. therefore you're going to have a really big deficit. Come come uh, November, December, yeah. uh, like I said, after the election. Well, and I want to get to in a few minutes, Jay, I do want to talk about how we can encourage and provide incentives to produce more oil domestically. But uh, and of course, we're talking to Jay Young. He is an oil and gas executive with King Operating Corporation in Dallas, Texas. Uh, according to the White House, about 165 million barrels of oil have already been released so far this year. They're going to release an additional 15 million barrels. That brings it up to 180 barrels. So right now, this White House has released one-third of our strategic oil reserves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We have just just to win an election. Right, because this is truly political, isn't it? I'm not going to say that 100%. I mean, I I do believe Biden, you know, not really, but I I was going to say give us some sympathy and say, you know, he felt sorry for the American people and he was – doing what he could because he made some huge mistakes when he got elected because this administration, obviously from the very beginning, were against fossil fuels. Yes. 100%. They're like, Oh, I don't want fossil fuels. And we're out. And you know, it's like we, we, we permits or pipelines or whatever the case we're out. We, we don't want it. And then all of a sudden when he knows that, Hey, you know what, you know, electric cars, I, mean, I don't know the percentage, but it's, I'm going to look it up, Brad, but, I want to find out how much of the electric cars have taken away right now from the a barrel of oil. You know, yeah, not is, much. Is it really, the demand is the demand really just? I know it hasn't plummeted. No, obviously. of course not. Of course it hasn't yeah. plummeted. But you're you make exactly. a great point because not only did this administration declare war on fossil fuels the moment they came into office, but also. Uh, President Biden initially really made enemies out of Saudi Arabia. And then the president goes over to Saudi Arabia to try to encourage more drilling. The Saudis turned him down. OPEC turned him down. And instead of 
focusing on increasing domestic production. Now apparently we're talking to the Venezuelans about increasing supply. This is an administration that lacks a cohesive strategic vision on how to deal with energy. Is that fair to say? Fair to say, absolutely, 100%. They, they would, they don't, instead of going back to where the oil comes from, and instead of being proactive or drill baby drill or, you know, talking bad about uh, oil and gas companies, being more supportive, we would pre- be producing 15 to 16 million barrels of oil right now. But instead, he's going back and talking about, you know, hey, we're not going to drill and, and ESG and, and, you know, electric cars, and we're going to be – who wants to get in the oil and gas business, especially the big money people? The big money people don't want to come in, so therefore they're, they're, they're going to stay out. And that's what we need. We need money to yes. drill for oil and gas. And we're not going to get there, and and that's why oil is going to go up, and and it's just I, I called it a Ponzi scheme today. <laughs> I mean, a Ponzi scheme because the oil's being put on the market, and the market thinks that it came from the ground. I mean, it doesn't really know. I'm just saying. But now you look at it, and it says, "Oh, okay. Well, we have oil. Well, yeah, you do have oil, but it's it didn't come out of the ground. It no. needs to come out of the ground." Yeah. We're not going to have the strategic reserve in OPEC a month from now, and we're going to have huge problems. Well, one of the things, and this is why I I was so excited to talk to you this evening, uh, Jay, and we're talking to Jay Young, oil and gas executive with King Operating Corporation in Dallas, uh, is because this is your area of expertise. And, and I've read stories alleging that the oil that's being released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is being sold to the Chinese. Uh, I don't know whether that's true or not, but can you just explain to us how the oil from the Petroleum Reserve is sold and and where does it go when it goes on to that open market? Yeah, so it goes to refineries because it's being sold to refineries. And uh, so it's being sold to um, probably an oil and gas. I I don't know. That's a good question because somebody asked me that the other day and I go, you know what? That's a good question. I don't know if it's, if it's, I'm sure they bought it from oil and gas companies, so why wouldn't they sell it back to an oil and gas company that would therefore take it to a refinery instead of – but, I mean, they made a profit because supposedly Trump was buying a lot of it early right? You know, or buying it you know, at cheaper prices, <clears throat> made some money. But now they're not going to be able to, to put it back. Somebody said, oh, yeah, they're going to start putting it back. No, they're not going to put no. it back. We don't have the oil to put back. Nobody in the world has oil right now except for Argentina, and we don't want to – that's a whole different story, but we don't have the oil. We're not producing the oil that we can just go, oh, okay, well, let's just put it back. No, even if we could afford it at $80, $90 a barrel, which is going to go to 100 you know, real soon before the end of the year. If it does that, it's going to be expensive, but nobody has the oil because our rig count's down 70%. Mm-hmm. Since, since the uh, pandemic, our rig count is not even back to 100% yet. It's 70%. And we need so and the biggest the biggest production increases are in the Permian Basin, and those wells decrease fifty percent in the first year. You've got to have a well puts online and it produ- it produces and then it, the first year it it goes down fifty percent. You got to drill two thousand new wells a year in the Permian to get that oil back. you know, so it's just a never ending cycle where mm-hmm. we it, it's hard for us to get ahead and hard for us to produce more oil in the United States. And then with Biden coming in and saying, oh, yeah, hey, we're, 
we're we're going to help the American people with gasoline. No, 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 no. He's buying your vote with with cheap oil and cheap gas right now. He's buying your vote because he wants a Democratic Congress. Because if you look, I mean, the, the polls are real, real tight right now. I mean, they are very, very tight. It's like 51, 49. I mean, it goes right. back and forth, back and forth. And we're seeing how gasoline directly, the price of gasoline directly impacts those polls. But this is what I want to ask you. We're talking to, to Jay Young, oil and gas executive with King Operating Corporation. Uh, I almost said, oh, Biden. Uh, oh, Biden here. <laughs> <laughs> and that wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But but Biden is releasing this oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. To, into the global marketplace, under the open market, uh, to try to reduce the price of gasoline. But, Jay, does it make that much difference, from your perspective, by the time that this oil is released from the tr- strategic reserve, it goes to the refinery, it goes to the public, uh, combined with all of the other oil that comes onto the market every day, does mm-hmm. that release really make that big of a difference at, to the price at the pump? No, no, it won't. And it, it may be... a 20, 30 cents here before the election, 50 cents. Now, I don't know, matters where you live. I mean, we're we're relatively cheap here, and you are too. Yeah. In California, it may go down further than that. They're hoping, you know, that, that it'll make a, a difference. I mean, they, anything's, anything's better. Right, you but it's people, not going to make any sort of a long-term difference. This is really 100% a short-term gain, isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying is it's just a he's throwing this all in the market, and it's false reading from the market saying, oh, we have oil. But then after the election, we have $2 million. No, okay, let's go back. We need $20 million a day. We're producing 13 We need seven from other countries. And our production's going up. It is going up a little bit right now because we are drilling. And, and that demand will continue to rise. And when it does, you know, OPEC's saying, oh, we're going to take 2 million barrels off the market. And then the strategic reserve is going to take a million a day off the market. So, therefore, you've got this huge delta in between what we produce and what we need. And that's that's where the problem is because then we have to go over to Argentina or, or, or Saudi Arabia and beg for oil and beg, beg, beg. And we just simply don't have it. The world's not going to give us to That's, that's what Saudi Arabia, he's over there at OPEC Plus. And, and well, two things. Number one. I'm sure they're going, hey, Joe, why don't you just go home and tell everybody to start drilling? Because that's what you need to do. Because mm-hmm. you do have the oil in the United States to do it. You're just not being proactive. You're you're coming over here, and you're telling us to sell you more oil for less money, which doesn't make sense at all. <clears throat> you know, so well, why don't you well, just make a big difference? And, and, and that gets to my that. next question, Jay, because from your perspective as an oil and gas executive, this is your business. What mm-hmm. incentives, from your perspective, what incentives, if any, could be provided to domestic oil producers to increase the amount of oil produced in North America? Well, because you're getting better economics. So this is my sixth. I'm a, I'm a fourth-generation guy. I've been in this business for a long time. I'm almost 60. I've seen six. I think I think it's six, you know, where the price decreases fifty percent or more in a short time. Okay, so I've seen this this up and down. Normally, normally when you have this high price, they say what's the best solution or the best answer for high oil prices? How do you get them to go down? Well, the best 
answer is high oil prices because people normally start drilling. Mm-hmm. They come in here and they start drilling like crazy. They up their rig count. Mobile, Exxon, Chesapeake, Devon, you know, all these Diamondback, all these companies, they just come in and start increasing their rig count. So, therefore, your, your supply your supply side increases and your demand is still there, but your supply overrides your demand and therefore prices come down. Normally, that's exactly what we see, Brad. This time, we're not seeing that. Exactly. You can read all day long about, you know, mobile, or not mobile, I'm sorry, Exxon is saying they made $6 billion in the first quarter this year and they spent $10 billion buying back their stock. Instead of coming back and increasing their rig count, look at Harold Hamm. You know, he owned 83% of Continental Resources. He just bought back all the rest of the stock himself in his own name because he's tired of Wall Street telling him that he can't drill. So what incentives could we do, though? And that brings it back to my question. What incentives could happen now to increase domestic production both here and in Canada? Yeah, well, the number one thing you have to do is be sure to tell everybody to start drilling in the United States and be more supportive as a leader. You know, and we're not hearing that. President Young, I'd, I'd come to you, Brad, and I'd say, President Young, you need to go drill for oil and gas. We need to give you more incentives. We need oil in the United States to meet our demand. And we're not – and institutions are dried up. They're not, they're not coming back into the markets. Public companies, federal government, state – I mean, state governments – some state governments are just as bad as, as I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you know, sometimes like Colorado, we've got a field in Colorado. We've got a field in Wyoming. But the Colorado field, once you get approved, after you get approved, then you have to go up there and, and talk to the people in, in person. You get, you get you know, permitted. Then you have to go talk to them. Then you have to lay out a plan. Then you have to, you know, what what's going to happen five years from now? What if you go bankrupt? What if you do this? What, I mean, in Texas, we get a permit, man. We get a rig. We go start. We start drilling. Right. You know, we, we don't have to go through all this, uh, all this other stuff. But there's a, a there's a lot of there's a lot of bureaucracy uh, involved oh. in this, both on the federal level and on the state level. But what I'm hearing from you, Jay, is we need to have consistent leadership from the White House that encourages more domestic production instead of simply going to other countries and begging them to increase their production. Exactly. Got You're it. Exactly right, bro. Got it. Hey, Jay right Young, here. oil and gas executive with King Operating Corporation in Dallas, Texas. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening here on Camo X. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, Brad. Enjoyed it. Have you on any time, and and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we will contact you again, my friend. You can count Good. on it. Thank you. Thank hey, you. I want to open the phone lines up now. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. What do you think about this idea that the president says basically? We don't like you Saudis, and then shockingly, the Saudis don't give us more oil. And instead of producing more oil here, we're going to Venezuela, we're going to Argentina, we're begging other countries to increase their production instead of producing what we have right here in the good old Uf- U.S. of A. What do you think? Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Call or text at your service. KMOX. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, the price of gasoline affects you. The price of gasoline affects what you pay for goods and services. It impacts every single thing that we deal with. So why are we allowing the president to squander our strategic oil reserve that we would need in case of a war? Why are we allowing him to squander that just to lower the price of gasoline by 10 cents or so that will immediately stop the day of the election? Why are we allowing him to do that when there's no long-term benefit from that in any way? 314-436-7900. Ken's got some ideas. Hey, Ken, good to talk to you, sir. Uh, same to you. Um, first of all, how you been? I've been doing well. I, 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 I was a little nervous because I haven't heard from you in a while, and I thought, yeah. oh, man, Ken has stopped listening. And I'm no, glad that I, that I is really, not the it's case. More, more the Cardinals than uh, than anything else. So, uh, you know, and I know you've been on the air some, but nothing like uh, when the Cardinals are not playing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really I don't understand the audacity of KMOX that would yeah. bump me for the Cardinals. I mean, I just don't understand that. Well, the, I, I'm sure that uh, on the radio <laughs> side, there's thousands of listeners, and with you, how many are there? Uh, there's probably about a dozen. <laughs> and they're all family? I've got, de- well, if you count, oh, if I can't count family, you know, we've got a good six or seven. Okay. Uh, anyway, like you say, uh, if you got a point, uh, sound off with it. Uh, I was kind of hoping that, you know, since... I hadn't talked with you in a while that you had a, would have at least moderated. I, I know you wouldn't come around to being a liberal, but at least moderate. But after listening to you for about an hour tonight, I, I realized that uh, that you have not. Well, and, whenever you know, I book, well, just to let you know, was on, whenever I book the whenever I book the oil and gas executive, I had no idea what his beliefs are. I simply picked him because he was an oil and gas executive, and I reached out to him. I had no zero idea you know, I, about. I just He'd have stated the facts and not gotten into, well, we know what this was for. It was going to win an election. If he just hadn't said that and just stayed with the And when you say that you didn't know what side of the fence he was on, I, I believe you on that. I, I didn't. I just I, got his just, name as, know, a, I, as a gas executive. What's that? I said I just got his name as an yeah. oil and gas executive with no idea what his uh, views were politically. Well, I just wish he would have stayed with the facts and hadn't gotten into the politics. And, you know, just like this evening, I heard uh, Biden say, uh, well, this is not political. I'm thinking, are you crazy? Of course it's political. Of course it's political. (laughs) Of course it is. But anyway, you know, there's hypocrisy out there uh, all over the place. And, you know, you were mentioning a couple uh, tonight. And, you know, for every hypocrisy that you name – I could name you one on the liberal side. Do you agree? Oh, oh, sure. And, and I hope you heard me earlier, particularly when I was talking about the immigration issue, when I said that both Republicans and Democrats are completely hypocritical on the immigration issue because for decades neither party 
wanted to solve the problem. They were more interested in using the crisis for political gains on the right or the left. They were more interested in that than they were in solving the problem. And I I agree with that. Uh, I I know you were saying uh, this, whatever, and I forget now what you said, but it was the worst hypocrisy you you had ever heard. And mine Mm -hmm. is, uh, how can you be pro-life and pro-death penalty? Mm Mm-hmm. That has uh, confused me. Well, can I can I enlighten you on that, Ken? Because I can enlighten you in thirty seconds or less. You can try. Okay. I doubt if you you know you and I aren't going to convince each other. That's okay. Anything, but go but, ahead. But you said it's a hypocrisy, and I can explain how it isn't. Because okay. because it it all comes down to the basis of guilt. In other words, a person on death row has committed a crime, but a person in the womb has committed no crime. And so a person on death row, a person on death row is going to be executed. uh, But it takes 20 years for that person to get executed from the date they're convicted of a crime. And it's causally related. There's a proximate cause between their crime and the punishment for a child in the womb. They're executed in nine months or less, and they've committed no crime. That argument a thousand times. I don't buy it, but I've heard it. But uh you but know, that, that demonstrates no that there is no hypocrisy well, the death in that. Penalty, there should be no exceptions. I don't care whether you've committed a crime or not. There should be no exceptions. Either you're pro-life or you're not. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that you have to. Yeah, but I don't think that you have to limit it to a, a, a binary decision because I'm pro-life when they haven't committed a crime, and there's yeah, there's I, there's well, nothing hypocritical about that. That's uh, pretty lame, Brad. No, it's not lame. It explains it specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love talking to you, Ken. You know what? I, well, I'd, uh, I'd be I'll, willing uh, to put you on a retainer, my friend. I love it when you call in. Uh, and by the way, one thing, uh, my wife, who travels places to see the Cardinals play, uh, her and her friend Carol were out in Los Angeles when uh, and saw the game against the Dodgers when Pujols hit his six ninety nine and seven hundred. Oh. oh yeah, I was watching the game on Apple Plus, but they well, were there. You were one of the few in this oh. city uh, that that did, but uh, they were so excited. Oh my uh, goodness, what a, did know, they did they snap it, any you know, pictures? They were also there for the finale of the regular season when he hit seven oh three. So it was a, it was a good time for them. Oh my uh, goodness, what a memory! I hope they got some pictures time and i really enjoy talking to you so we'll do this uh hopefully a little more regular well i should be on every wednesday night here uh as long as the cardinals are in remission so to speak um but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i'll be shifting back and forth from wednesdays and thursdays once the cardinals uh, come back on the air uh in the spring but ken it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend same to you Hey, we've got to take a break here, and I wanted to give Ken all the time he wanted because he is a great caller. And when we come back, I'm going to mention one legal issue for you uh, before we get out because, to me, it's scary about what can happen by when the government can track you. And there's a new tech out there that I want to bring to your attention. At your service, KMOX. Don't go away. Let's hear it for Matt Pajeski. That's a great, that's a great bumper song there, Matt. Good job, buddy. Uh, I wanted to get to this topic before the uh, hour ends because it doesn't matter whether you're on the right or on the left. Uh, we should be always, we should always be concerned about a government that 
that wants to exert too much power over your life. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, you should be concerned about that. That's why uh, some of my Republican friends, a lot of times they're all, you know, well, if the government's going to be cracking down on criminals, then I'm all for that. And when I point out that, you know, a lot of guilty people get prosecuted or a lot of innocent people get prosecuted and uh, uh, a government that can track you uh, just takes away your privacy. And they look at me and they, they think I'm a liberal. And then I talk to my liberal friends and they think, you know, that I'm far to the right. So uh, it, it's important, regardless of your political persuasion, to understand that uh, a, a government that is tracking you in ways that violate your privacy, it's a problem. And today we have less and less privacy. In fact, I think today we have the least amount of privacy that people have ever had since the founding of this country. And here's a great example how tech really enables the government to impede upon your privacy in a way that you should find disturbing. The, the, the tech is called Fog Reveal. And Fog Reveal is basically a company that obtains information from cell phone companies, buys it, and then resells it. Now, what do they buy? And, and you probably know this, but every time you drive around with a cell phone in your pocket, your cell phone automatically detects every cell phone tower that you drive by, and it pings it. It pings the cell towers. And so during the course of any given day, if you went and obtained all of that information from the cell phone companies about which towers you pinged, you could put on a map every single place that you've gone, every single place. And what happened, and this was back in 2012, there was a case went to the Supreme Court where the police, without a warrant, put a GPS tracking device on a car of a suspect that they were following. And what they were trying to do is to show where this suspect was going to see if he was going near places where crimes were being committed so that they could then go and get a warrant and go arrest this individual. The case is called United States versus Jones from 2012. It went up to the Supreme Court. And in 2012, the Supreme Court held that it violated the defendant's Fourth Amendment rights of search and seizure. It violated those rights by tracking this individual even though he was on the open streets, even though they didn't search his car, they attached a device to the outside of his car, but that was a violation of his rights under the Fourth Amendment. And I applauded that case when it came out. Ten years ago, that case came out, and I applauded it because that's an overreach. If the government thinks that a, an individual is committing a crime, then get a warrant. You don't follow him to get the information in an illegal and intrusive way. And then get the warrant, get the warrant, and get other means that are legal to find the information that you need to obtain that warrant. Well, I'm bringing that case, that 10-year-old case up this evening because law enforcement now can get that exact same information from a company called Fog Reveal. Because Fog Reveal buys this information from the cell companies, and then they can resell it to anyone that they want. So the government can do that. The police can do that. In fact, the Associated Press, in an article that I read just today, the Associated Press reported that nearly two dozen government agencies across the country have contracted with FOG data to use this information 
to track and keep track of individuals. So every place your cell phone goes, they can track you. That's not being paranoid. That's just being real. And you may say, and I know the argument, the argument is, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't care why the government's tracking me. That's not the point. The point is the government should not be tracking you. You have a right to privacy, and the government should not be tracking you for that. And and what I, and the reason why I wanted to mention this is, is that this situation really highlights the distinction between two very, very closely related ideas, but they're different. And that is data privacy law and electronic surveillance law. I mean, we've all seen enough law and order cases to know that if you're if you're going to follow someone or if you're going to track them, if you're going to bug their phones, if you're going to put something in their houses, you got to have a warrant. That's a surveillance issue. But being able to obtain this information from cell phone companies is not a surveillance issue. It's a data privacy issue. And while our country is focused very acutely on electronic surveillance issues and making sure that the government is limited in how they can surveil you, there is virtually no oversight in this country on a federal or state level when it comes to data privacy law. And so that's why... The, that's why these government agencies can buy this information from cell phone, in essence, from cell phone companies and use that information to track you illegally. But if they put a GPS device on your car, that would be found to be unconstitutional as it was 10 years ago by the Supreme Court. So, in other words, you get to the same point, you get to the same illegal search and seizure, but you're doing it a different way. And I raise this issue for you because... We have to keep our government in check. We hope that the mainstream media does it, but when they don't, we'll do it right here on X because it impacts every aspect of your life. The other thing you want to make sure that you monitor is the Dave Glover Show because the Dave Glover Show, the best of DGS, is coming up here at 10 o'clock on X. Brad Young at your service. I'll be back here next Wednesday night. Make sure you tune in. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.